You look gorgeous. Thanks. You said you were going to be somewhat cute, so I tried to come up somewhat cute for you. No, you look very cute. And by somewhat cute, I just mean like I put on something on my face and I'm wearing the smelliest white tee that I wore like the past three days, but it's so hot. I almost wore that gray t-shirt. It's like a similar one. This is, I bought this from Good American because of the jeans we bought. And I'm literally waiting to hang up with you to call Reformation because anything you wear, you are my fashion icon. And now I must own. I'm wearing them. Exactly. They're so comfortable. You like, you know, I only wear sweats when I work from home, but you know, these jeans are really doing something for me. You know what? Jeans are that comfortable. They're not that flattering, but they're similarly very like soft and cozy is the Jerv Avenue jeans. They're sold out. I checked yesterday. They're not the best. I, I almost kind of regret by keeping them. Mm. They're really, really soft and cozy. So I love having them to run errands and do whatever, but like they're not the most flattering jeans by any means. Yeah. I, I checked the pants. They're sold out, but I did buy, I bought um their dress pants. I don't like how they fit. And I don't know if I need to what size. I got a get? medium. And so like where they're supposed buy, to sit. I wear large. Okay. I, that's what I was, I yeah. think I'm going to size up and just sell the medium because I can't return them anymore. But where they sit, yeah. like they're, I guess they're supposed to sit, but they're supposed to sit way too high for my body. Like my torso Same. is not that long. Yeah. I can't handle something that high up. My torso is that long, but that's why I like wearing them differently because I'm trying to make my legs, whatever. Yeah. I bought large and again, took everything to get tailored. So I just tailored the waist a little mm. bit and tailored the length and by large because I like the width of that when they're large. Yeah. yeah. Anywho, so the Preston jeans from Reformation, I sized up two sizes. I'm, I can't wait to do the same. And then did you see, because I'm also obsessed with your Sammy Miro jeans that I want so badly, they made them. I have to buy them. They made them in trouser version. Oh, you do need those. Is that not so fucking me? I haven't seen them, but. I'll send them to you. Oh, and I painted my nails like butter. Oh, cute. I got my nails done too. Cute. She's into blue right now, I huh? blue. I did blue because I remembered Zoe Kravitz had this nail color once and so did Riley. And those are two people that I will also copy anything they do mm-hmm. because they have better taste than me. Mm. So I'm going with it. I just saw Meadow, guys. I felt very spoiled. That was really fun. That was a good week. I want to come. I told Aaron, he was like, when do you want to go back up? Like in the next month or two? And I was like, no, within three weeks. <laughs> I was like, we have stuff to do. We have people to see. It was so fun. I want to do a Monday work date with you and Dana and Zoe now. Yeah. Well, now I'm pissed. I can't do that one today. I just too much came up in my day. Also, we never record on a Monday. It's like 9.50 a.m. So let's see how this goes. We need to roll roll into this. Are you unpacking anything or are we going to just jump right into a Q&A? Well, I was just going to tell them what we're doing and then we can unpack. And then do a cute little Q&A? Yeah. We asked you guys on Instagram for questions. As always, set the best ones in. So make sure you're following us at Thoughts May Vary Pod on Instagram because we do do these pretty consistently. Pretty frequently. Absolutely. So make sure that you follow us. So if you have any questions, you can get them in. Also on our website, which really needs refreshing. So don't judge us. Oh, don't look at it yet. But (laughs) there is on the contact tab, you can ask us questions and send in questions whenever you'd like. And on Patreon, of course. Of course. Because we tend to answer those a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. So, Meadow, what are you unpacking? Tell us first. I'm Meadowlark. And I'm Gabriela. And this is Thoughts May Vary. The podcast that sits at the intersection of mental health, nuance, and community. And we're grateful you're here. And that's me. That's just a little bit about us. Yeah. And. Is that gimmicky <laughs> enough for the people? <laughs> I realized last night 
that I am unpacking growth in a really beautiful way. July, particularly in summer in general, is my season of trauma. Right. <laughs> to say it lightly. And oh my God, is this the most emotionally grounded and fun and happy? I haven't thought about it <gasps> once. I haven't had nightmares about it once, which is a huge, I've had nightmares every summer for That's a years. really like, big deal. It is huge for me. And I didn't even realize till last night, I was kind of thinking ahead of this week. And it one is the anniversary of my dad's death, which isn't always like the number one reason, but you know, there's different things that happen throughout this month. But I, I saw that and was like, oh my God, like I've just been having so much fun living in joy and like letting go of those old narratives and old identities that were latched onto that trauma. And mm -hmm. it feels fucking incredible. Oh, that makes me really happy. I got chills. And it kind of snuck up on me. Oh. You're, you're such a big component of that. And it really snuck up on me. Like I just didn't, didn't even realize till we're halfway through the month. And I was like, oh my God, I'm crushing it this season. Also, the fact that it's cancer season is just like a sick joke that like all of your, like that it's cancer season while your most trauma-filled season is like- It's trauma season? Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's It really sets me up for a lot of success in the past. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Which is facetious as fuck. Oh, but man. I, I don't know. And I want to say, I would love to make this helpful and say some of the things I've done. But I think, once again, it's one of those things where when you make minute decisions every day for 12 years, you wake up one day and realize how healed you are and how much you're in a different place. Mm. And it's not like one thing you can point to. It's it's every single day, the small choices to do something that makes yourself feel better. I love what Teffy said when she was like, her mom said to her, you know what you need to do to make yourself feel better? So do it. Yeah. Like it is those small little choices. Like if you need to go to Pilates today, go to Pilates today. If you need to take a break, if you need to meditate, if you need to color in your mindful coloring book, whatever you need to do for five minutes, do it because compounded over time gives you this experience. I think also having somebody like Teffy's mom, for example, having somebody in your life that you trust to push you in a healthy way. And I know that you yeah. really have that relationship with obviously with Aaron that you, right. Because there's a difference, right? I feel like I was going to say with you, <laughs> I try, I try. You're the two Tauruses you in your life. Yeah. But no, 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 for real. Totally. And I was having this conversation with Zoe the other day, but it's, I think it's so valuable to have people in your life that are super aware of your baseline so that they know, yeah. but then they also know what's really low for you and what gets really dark for you. So maybe that's not the moment to like push in that same way, but just having people around you that are super aware of your, just your highs and lows and like how you are. Yeah yeah, or, yeah. 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 And being able yeah. to like have an accountability person, if you don't live with someone like that, or you don't have, you know, that person like in your city or whatever, just having an accountability person that can help push you in moments where it's appropriate because I think that like dude sometimes someone just needs to like shake you and like you said how Tavi's mom said just just like you know what you know what you need to do so do it I don't think that's always appropriate but like a lot of the times right. it's what we need because procrastination nation over here exactly it's that it's that little bit to understand you well enough to push you out of your comfort zone mm -hmm. but not like kick you when you're down 100%. like that special differentiation yesterday even I was very late to uploading our episode on a Sunday night. So I was going to go, I was going to go to like a fun new bar that we really love that I want to take you to next time you're mm -hmm. down here. And I was like, why go to a like a late night coffee shop when I could go get a cute little cocktail Negroni and sit and do my little computer work. And then I was telling Aaron, I was like, 
you know, dragging my feet and lollygagging and being like, it's a Sunday. It's going to be so busy. Like I shouldn't go, whatever. I'll just stay here. And he was like, what are you doing? Like you were a city girl, like just get up and get out, like go. And guess what? I drove past it and it was completely jam packed. So instead I circled back, picked Aaron up, but we went on a date and I came home and worked. But (laughs) those little moments of like those little, like, I'll just be comfortable here, whatever, forget it. Like I don't need to. And he was like, what? No, just fucking get out. Like go, go do something. Mm Like, which is such a small example, but I I love that you said that, like those little moments that count to push you out of your, out of your routine a little bit, shake things up for you. 100%. That literally happened to me the other day. We were going to go, remember how I told you, I was like, oh, I want to go on a date night so bad or just like not even date night. Yeah. We do that. I was like, I want to like go get like a little tipsy. I want to go out. Yeah. 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 And the night yeah. rolled around and at like 10 PM, we still hadn't made moves. And I was like, yeah. we could just like play a game. Let's just like play a drinky game here, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we were like, no, even though right now it feels comfy and cozy to stay here and I'm sure we'll have a great time. We have plenty of those nights to go. And then we ended up going right. to this bar where we tried to go. It was packed. We made like a last minute decision, went somewhere else and ended up running into a friend and like his friends. And then we all ended up like hanging out the whole night. It was like a great night. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. That is so much fun. That (laughs) reminds me me, the opposite side of this coin. I have an Aaronism on my phone that I was like, babe, do you want to like get drunk and flirt with each other? And Aaron goes, babe, you're already at the bottom of the hill. Just write it out and go to bed. (laughs) I love that man. So much. It's really either or for us, you know, so I'm proud of you guys for getting yourself out of the house because you and I particularly like we will close those blinds and watch TV all day. But it's also we our like, work day. Even we ended early, went home and watched Kardashians. Well, we were again. pooped. OK, we woke up at 7 a.m. We, we woke up. at. That's we the thing is like, OK, so, you know, how, <laughs> like every major fucking CEO is like, do all of your really like all of your difficult work first, which is so. You know what I'm going to say about this? True. I know. But I think it's true. Uh-huh. I think that's my how least how I work, because if something if 4 p.m. rolls around and I haven't done something important, I'm right. like, I'll do it tomorrow. Right. So for me, I like to get totally. all of my hardest work done in the before like the afternoon. It just works for me, whatever. Right. But right. no, it works for me, too. I when we have like, for example, that day we were recording on Kelsey's podcast, when I get like overstimulated like that really early on, yeah. I feel like I have done a yeah. week's Turnout. worth of work. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> put me to bed. And that's totally. what happened that day. <laughs> totally, 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 totally. Gabby, what are you unpacking? Oh, wait, I had a question for you. <laughs> no, I had okay. a question for you because what you're unpacking is really beautiful and really valuable. Oh, I feel thanks. like it's going to give and provide a lot of hope for people that maybe have a season every year that they like don't look forward to because they're like, Fuck. I still hate summer. Even without the trauma, I'm like, I'm too white for the sun. Like put me <laughs> in the clouds. I, the fashion sucks because I just don't want to wear clothes, like get everything off my body. Like I just, summer's not my season yeah. in general. Yeah. 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 But yeah. What was it? Sorry. <laughs> was there anything that you did prior to this year that you did to kind of like prep or you just hmm. like wrote it out? Um, I think I always will be mindful of upticking the routines. So like those mm. small daily choices that we make every single day, if I know we're rolling into summer, I'm like, okay, so actually commit to the meditation every morning, mm-hmm. which I'm kind of off right now. Cause I do, I really fluctuate with my, I'm such a, me I guess too. human design really helped me parcel that out. Like I have a lot of set 
systems and and habits that I really love, but I can't do every single one every single day. Like I really have to just meet myself with where I'm at for which ones I want to do. It's just who has the, who has the hours in the day. But I I do make a point to dedicate you know hour at morning, hour at night. Whichever ones you're gonna do, you're gonna do something. Yeah. So I I create more rigid structures to make sure I'm doing every single thing every single day, mm. as opposed to in other seasons when I'm doing well, I'm I'm more lax with myself. But I try to I, I like try that, to kick though. that up before the season comes. So like your baseline is already higher before your season comes. Right. You're not hitting that really you're low. You're not hitting burnout slump, and then going back. And then you're like, exactly. Now let's kick up to meditating for 20 minutes a day. Right. Like no. Preventative measures, baby. Prevention and early intervention. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's a that's like an actual behavioral health care model. There you go. PEI, prevention and early intervention care. Yeah, it's cool. Do you know how we always talk about on the podcast about how people take everything out of context in terms of anything healing uh-huh. and just roll with it? Because we are on the internet and we post things. <laughs> Do you know what made me think of how many times our short clips talking about choosing the or get totally taken out of context? Okay. So if you're new here, Meadow has this beautiful phrase called choosing the or. Where it's trademarked. Like no one, yeah, it's trademarked. No one can have it. <laughs> no. It's, no. Uh, it's the way in which I define my resiliency. So if you're going through something really, really hard, you can either go through that or you don't have to know what or looks like. You don't have to know like what's on the other side, what you're going to do. You just know you have one, like what's the alternative as Teffy says, choose that or mm-hmm. and go that way, figure mm-hmm. it out. So what you were saying earlier is a perfect example of that, of choosing those small decisions, making those small yeah. decisions every single day is a version of choosing the or. Totally. Because you're, Ooh, making, like you're making tiny, tiny choices yeah. that then impact you really big picture. And you can implement that into every part of your life. Like if you've been listening to the podcast recently, you know that that's what I've been doing when it comes to my work life. Yeah, baby. You know, instead of trying to push this boulder up the mountain, I'm making small decisions every day that make the process go by smoother and simpler and easier. And then all of a sudden I'm going to wake up in two years and be like, oh my God, look at what created. And that was such a said. reframing the 1% better too. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. But I can just so picture out of context how choosing the or can sound because people can take it and be like, don't be depressed. Choose the or. Oh gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. Because we've had that happen. We are by no means saying gaslight your depression, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a joke we've said <laughs> on here before. And, and like spiritually bypassing, just don't be depressed. No, that's not the whole point is I'm depressed. I can sit in this depression. Choosing the or is choosing to reach out for help rather than sitting in it. Mm -hmm. That's what choosing the or the choosing the or is, is those like really hard, small, like drag yourself out of the ground. But it's, it's implementing all these structures and systems that we're talking about asking for help for whether it's a professional starting to journal, you know calling a friend, explaining how you feel, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Choosing the or is just finding one thing to do to kind of help you start making changes. Okay, what are you unpacking, baby? Any hoozles? Oh, fuck. Um, Any hoozles? You're chock full of the <laughs> funny sayings recently. I mean, you always are, but you've really like upticked them. Thank you. I'm really channeling my father these days. Yeah, you really are. Mm. What did Kelsey, wait, what was the one that none of Kelsey's friends knew? The world is your oyster. Oh, yeah. That is just ridiculous. We should get her something that says that. That's funny. That is funny. Who doesn't know what that means? What am I currently unpacking? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Hmm. How do I say this? I am currently unpacking enjoying 
the relationships that I choose to have in my life for what they are. Ooh, I'm into this. That makes sense. Yes, and elaborate. We can only do work on ourselves. We cannot expect others to change in the way that we need them to change. And realistically, even if they make changes in their life, it's probably never going to exactly align with what we need because at the end of the day, like they're ultimately doing their best and we can't control somebody's behavior. We can only control our reactions. There are relationships in my life that I feel like have been combative for a long time. And I've just accepted the fact that I want these people in my life. And because I want these people in my life, I just have to meet them where they're at and create my own boundaries in terms of what I am willing to share or hold or, you know, what, how much space I'm willing to hold. But hear me when I say this, that boundary is for me. Yes. Yes. We're not Jonah Hill over here. I'm not making a demand of somebody else. That boundary is for me and protects me. You can only build a fence on your side of that is the property. That is one of you know? the most beautifully spiritual, self-aware, allows you to like actually deeply connect with empathy to real people and who they actually are and where they actually are. Like that is some deep fucking real, real work. Thanks. And I'm proud of myself for getting to that point because it's taken me a really, really long time. Because it's hard to and let go of what you want something to be and reconcile with what things are. And certain yeah. relationships that mean a lot to you. Oof, yeah. I feel you. I'm proud of myself, A, for getting to that place. And I'm also proud of myself for not feeling the need to prove to them, like, haha, look at what I am doing in order to allow you to be fucking annoying. I don't feel the need like to to explain that, to express that. And I've also gotten really good at when something creeps into my airspace. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really good at just like swatting it. You're not outsourcing your and worth just being anymore. Like, that's that's not like yeah. that's not mine. I don't need yep. that. Or that was, you know, I know that wasn't intended to be offensive towards me. Right. I know that's not how you meant it. I don't like, need to take that with me. Yeah. Chao Pascal, move on. You know? Love, 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 love that. It's keeping me real then. <laughs> Let me tell you. Did you do anything in particular to manage it? Did you talk about it with a coach? Was it just realizations you had in journaling? Like what's helped to kind of get you to that place? Literally all of the above. I yeah. talked about it with my coach. I've journaled about this for a while. I've said what I need to say for the most part. Mm. This isn't like sign seal delivered. It's just steps that I'm in. To these people in general or to yourself? To these people in general, okay. just because I feel like there are more conversations that need to be had. I just frankly, am like not there yet. And that's also a point that I want to make. If you're not in a space where you're ready to have some sort of heavy conversation with somebody because you're just like happy with where you guys are at right now, or frankly, like you just don't have it in you, that's your prerogative. And I remember so clearly with my ex, my, yeah, with mm -hmm. my ex, mm -hmm. we were talking about things that I had gone through at Hoffman and like realizations I had had like around my parents, for example. Mm. And I was like, yeah, there's like certain things that like, he was, he was like, well, have you said that to them? And I was like, no. And we like got into a fight about it. 
and I know you are going to know what acts I'm talking about of when course. I'm telling yeah, you this. Of course. Because they're like, well, I just don't, like, you just need to tell them. You just need to tell them that's your thing. And I was like, honesty is not always the best policy. In fact, a lot of times it can be really cruel. Absolutely. And at the same time, no me da la gana. Like, I don't feel like it. Yeah. It is not what I want to do right now. Like, I'm, I have other shit going on. I don't feel like sitting down with my fucking parents and having this, like, long-winded drama conversation because like I have other shit on my mind and like no me da la gana like that's it period this is another and they like couldn't meet me there well it's another beautiful example of someone not understanding boundaries like you're putting yeah. a boundary around your own healing of course it's going to change the way you show up in certain relationships but they don't need to be privy to everything you had to work through in order to get there no and like you said in fact it could be kind of cruel Mm-hmm. Because everything's through our own the, like, lens. Exactly. Like everything, like your reality of that experience is not going to be theirs. And then that like disconnect or if it causes an argument, whatever is like, it's none of their fucking business. It's about your own peace and you showing yeah. up as you want to show up. It's up to me how I want to heal. Totally. And heal, you know, I can't mend the relationship on my own. Like there are two people in relationships. Right. But it is up to me how I want to approach that healing from my end. And if I'm not in a space where like, I want to do, or maybe I just know that they're not ready to hear that and they're not going to take it in the way that I mean it. And it's just going to disrupt. And I'd rather just forgive and move on and like meet them where they're at now. Bitch, you, know what I mean? you are so on your Ram Dass shit. Thanks. I really, really, really encourage people that feel like they haven't been able to do this to like take a deep look at this or use this as a journal prompt because this has liberated me in certain relationships it's liberating you in certain relationships like this just it's like once again like forgiveness right like it's the boundary forgiveness whatever it's all for us not for them it's for your own healing and and your ease to move through the world like a little bit easier i got just meeting meeting the world where it's at in a larger sense you're also and just God, taking pressure freeing. You're, it's freeing for us and it's also freeing for them because yes. we've talked about this. How yes. it's, it's not fair to expect everything from one person. And, you know, maybe more specifically with family where like you really are choosing to, you know, like these people are in your life. So mm-hmm. like maybe this exercise works better there. But even with friends, I think I'm, listen, first person to tell you like if a relationship is unhealthy, abusive, toxic, whatever it is, like cut that bitch off. And I think that at the same time, we are also living in a time where people cut very quickly rather than and working through it normal. and are like, in the name of a boundary, mm-hmm. I'm going to cut you out of my life mm-hmm. this quickly. Oh, yeah, and I yeah. don't always think that's fair. And no. I think that it might bite you in the ass because you're just creating an echo chamber around yourself. And conflict is healthy, like a certain amount of conflict and being able to work through it and learning how to meet people where they're at. And I also think to your point, the gift that you give someone else in the relationship when you're exercising this practice is allowing them to then show up more and allowing them to change more and grow more as they need to. Who are we to say, mm-hmm. I need you to change this way? We don't know what they need. We don't know what their authentic truth is. Like we allow them to step into that so much more easily when we take away our expectations of how they should be doing it. Mm-hmm. It's just oh man, it just creates, I love, creates ease on both ends. Love, love, love that unpacking. Thank you. Should I got to jump into Q and A. Yeah, we absolutely should. I'm gonna make that the journal prompt of this week. Yeah, another reason to follow us on Instagram. Meadow posts beautiful journal plump plumps plumps. Also, our memes are hilarious. Thank you very much. We just My have a fun. We have a fun time over there. Yeah, we do. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, let us get into it. We got a good amount of relationship questions, which you know. Ooh. I j'adore. Are breakups always good considering you always grow and change as a result? I mean, it's hard to just typecast everything mm -hmm. as good, right? It is hard to do that. At the same time, for the most part, if breakups are aligned with pushing you to where you need to be, that it has a good outcome in the end, a good lesson to it. But breakups are some of the hardest fucking shit you can go through. And there's also so many different ways breakups can occur. I have a hard time just labeling it all as good. I agree. I, I do think, though, that everything is a lesson, is an opportunity for a lesson. Everything as is As annoying as that sounds. Right. It's true. So... I and think that, that is it's, good. It's yeah, it's positive in the way that like you'll you'll learn something. Now, right. where I think it gets gross and sticky and unhealthy is when there's the back and forth. Like, make up your mind, do the healing or don't do the healing. Why are we getting back together and breaking up four hundred times? You're just causing minor, small abrasions in the relationship over and over yeah. and over and over and over again. Like you're just making it more difficult. Coming to from two people who have done that before so and sometimes you know, it works speaking from experience learn from our mistakes you know when i've yeah. seen it work when it was one time that there was a breakup and then mm. they got back together mm. like i have seen people yeah. that are married that they needed that time apart right. they needed to do that that's when i've seen it work right again not to totally, totally typecast everything any hard changes have lessons in them does yes. that make sense like any big hard change like grief breakups moves change, like anything that is unexpected and hard and scary and feels like a big low in your life always comes wrapped with like a really important lesson that'll help you move forward. It's up to you whether you take that lesson or not. Yeah. Okay. Good is a hard word to attach to mm -hmm. that though. How do I get comfortable with the idea of meeting a therapist over Zoom? It seems so weird. I mean, like it is. You're oh, not it alone. is weird. <laughs> of course it's weird. It is so weird. Do you have tips? Because you did that mo more recently than I did. I just get comfortable in my own apartment. Like I sit on the couch or somewhere that I can just like be cozy and it doesn't feel like a meeting. It's going to maybe feel awkward at first and that's fine. I think if there's some days that you guys are fine with doing like just camera off, that's okay. But also I think there's like something nice about human to human interaction. Totally. Mm, I would just do it. Like just do it and try. And if it feels uncomfortable, push through for a little bit, but like, I don't really know how to make it feel less awkward other than like, you just get comfortable with it. Is that very, I, I feel the exact same way. No, I feel the same way. I, I did that. I'm trying to think the first time I ever did virtual therapy was when I was in college. And now I'm on the flip side where I see clients virtually. And I think in both scenarios, I did the same thing. Like I used it to my advantage to be in my safe space. So if your safe space is your bedroom or if you share a bedroom, just your bed or whatever it is, like use your comfortability and your safe space as an advantage to be in your zone so it can let you open up more because you're in your little cocoon. I think that's that was an easy way for me to lean into it. And still to this day on the other side of it, I do the same thing. Like I make sure I'm in a comfy spot in my home. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, freshly meditated, zoned in in my space so I can like really show up and feel very present. Of course, it's always weird. And maybe, maybe you could ask your therapist to do fun, different things. Like if, if, like you said, like if you want some camera off days or if you, you know, it, it maybe seeing them isn't as supportive. I know my therapist does beach walk and talks and like, how fun would it be if you could go walk in your local park and be on the phone with your therapist and yeah. they're walking somewhere too. Like maybe they're into, maybe they'd be open to trying a different format for you. 
I also love the... So talk to, frankly, it's a beautiful thing to start therapy with. This feels weird and I don't know how to open up when I'm on the computer. Let's explore that. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. Literally. I like what you said about meditating before because I know that I've jumped in from answering an email into therapy and it feels weird because think about it. You would normally drive and have that 20, totally. 30 minutes to get there and, and think about what you want to say or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, maybe give your a lot some time for before. So you're not just like jumping in from like a meeting to therapy because it takes a moment to and after like, recalibrate. Sure. Mm-hmm. Totally. Treat totally, it as if you were totally. driving there. That. And even if that means go on a walk, walk around the block once, come back, get on the call. Like even if it has to be very short, whatever it is, it helps reprime your brain. Yeah. I love that suggestion. Ooh, Meta, this is a good question for you. <laughs> oh, okay. What's your favorite way of decompressing? I'm a public servant and work can be a lot. Oh, baby. Boy, can it. Something that's just coming to mind right away. I think when you're really heady into that type of work, like when I was deep in the service realm, bottom up processing as opposed to top down was a, felt a lot more restorative, a lot quicker. Meaning rather than overthinking about what I'm going through or intellectualize something or trying to trying to calm down my mind, going to the body first and then moving up to your mind was a lot easier. So again, walking, physical movement, stretching, maybe tapping, like a meditation mm. where you do tapping, like things to kind of release somatic healing, you know, even if it's just an exercise or Pilates class, like things to get in the body and get regrounded in your body can slow down and calm down and heal your mind, but in a way that's so embodying and present when all day long, you're, you're very, very heady. Mm. I think that's one of the easiest ways to make it feel most impactful. But that being said, God, there's so many different coping techniques. You know what I mean? And again, I always organize them like mind, body, spirit, this routine is probably the most important aspect. If you have like an ongoing hard job, again, 15 minutes, an hour, five minutes, whatever you can allot for morning and night, non-negotiable. You're going to do something in that time that, you know, supports you Mm. and just committing to that every single day. It's always these small little daily choices. But I, I think when I was in that realm, yeah, like that bottom up processing just was the easiest way for me to kind of come back to myself. And then afterwards, when you feel more embodied, your, your mind feels a little clearer then you take that energy into the journaling or that energy into the therapy space or whatever it is. And it allows for the processing and not such a talk. You're talking to two girls that over-intellectualize fucking everything. No, but this is very helpful. This is helpful. This is helpful. This is helpful. Okay. Mm, For Gabby, how do you stay in touch with your Latin roots? Are there things you do specifically? That's a nice question. question. This is also from the same person that always asks the most thoughtful questions ever. So thank you are always submitting. Really I have, I have someone in mind. I think who it is. But. Yeah, you're correct. Uh, and then they have one yeah. specifically for you after. Okay. How do I stay in touch with my Latin roots? I listen to a lot of Latin music, like a lot of Latin music. What? The new tiny album. I listened to the whole way home. It's Did you? so fucking good. I can't. Oh my God. I was telling Aaron, I was like, it's not even sound like a lot. It, look, there's hip hop roots and it's like Tame and Paul and Evanes. I did the whole fucking thing. I was it's so, so good. It. Please continue. It's yeah, so good. Everybody so good. go listen. One of like my besties fiance just came out with a new album. It's called Data. And it's so good. It's so, so fucking good good like i have showed this like meta just said i've showed this to people who like don't really listen to latin music it, it's like of course there's like the typical reggaeton beats there's like the regular whatever oh my god 
Tiny's a genius. No, the production it's is so next level. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, everyone go listen to Data. I listen to a lot of Latin music, which also, by the way, Spanish was my first language. And then obviously just like growing up in Miami, you're speaking a lot of Spanish, but I think like a lot of immigrant families, like a lot of English was spoken in the house to like make sure we didn't have accents and that we know how to speak English perfectly. And so even though I was talk- speaking in Spanish with people in my life, and although my parents spoke to me a lot in Spanish, they didn't make me speak back to them in Spanish. Mm. And so as I got older, my Spanish got worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Listening to a ton of Latin music improves my Spanish 10 times over. Totally, so, totally. I can good see tip that. for people. I listen yeah. to a lot of Latin music. I cook not as much as I would like to, but I do have a Cuban cookbook. That's like the Cuban cookbook that I always like look through and stuff. And then honestly, I really just surround myself with people that make me feel like home. And I don't even mean Miami. My parents are both Cuban and there is just something that feels so cozy and special about particularly Caribbean Latins. I don't discriminate mm-hmm. against any of my Latino people, but just having like Puerto Ricans specifically because my mom grew up in Puerto Rico and my aunt was born there. So like all of my cousins are Puerto Rican on my mom's side and I have a lot of Puerto Rican family and I have a lot of really good friends that are Puerto Rican. So like specifically Puerto Ricans, Cubans, Dominicans, like that sort of Latino side, I really vibe with Venezuelans too. And I remember when I first moved to New York, when I graduated from college, I was really in a space where like, I mean, I've told you this story a million times. I grew up with a lot of Latins, but I grew up with like a lot of Miami Latins. And then when I went to college, there were a lot of South Americans. Mm -hmm. Sometimes just the vibe is different. I really was looking for like that very lighthearted, fun, like loving life. Let's go shake some ass and listen to a good reggaeton type of Latino vibe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really manifested that into my life. And I found those people. And I would really urge you if you're like craving that there's those people around like we are around somewhere trust me like I moved to LA and I was like there's no Cubans I have met Cubans living here not that many (laughs) but I have met Cubans so like we are out there we are around so just make it an effort on your end to really put that energy out there of like I want to attract this into my life Mm -hmm. watch shows that are in Spanish let your TikTok algorithm become (laughs) live people like follow creators that you know, feel and remind you of like your friends and family and of your culture. And if you're in a city that like you can explore that, like I live in LA, there's obviously a very large Mexican culture here. And my boyfriend is part Mexican. And so we make sure do a lot of that together. Mm -hmm. And it's also fun for me because Mexican culture is so different from Cuban culture and Puerto Rican culture. So like it's, I'm learning even also just like the kids of immigrants. It's very different. Like Chicano culture here versus like Cuban Americans in Miami. Like it's super different. So it's really interesting learning that as well. But like we make a really big effort to like do things that like are like authentically Chicano in LA or whatever it is. Like, yeah, I don't know. Effort is made though. (laughs) I will say effort is made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you listen to season one, Gabby, you, we watched you put this intention out, not have friends that you felt like you could explore this with, like really try to seek that out. And now you have them. So please everyone use Gabby's an expander. Like when you put that out there, it'll come, it'll find you. Yeah. I am still trying to find the people though in LA, I will say, because when I like really put that intention out there, I was like living in New York and I found those people and they're in Miami for the most part. So yeah, I don't see that, that many of them when I'm LA, LA baddies hit up Gabby. Yeah. <laughs> Call me. But you also did another, another fun thing recently that is inner child work plus Latin heritage work, which was dominoes, baby. You've been playing dominoes again. Oh yeah. Dana, our and dear that's friend something Dana you did gave me. Little, 
played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to play yeah. dominoes a lot with my dad, and Dana gave me a domino set for my birthday. And it's stunning. It's, yeah, it's gorgeous so and so fun. And it's like that's such a fun way to connect. Like yeah. I know Aaron and I are trying to now, obviously, like we we Aaron and I talk a lot of, about it too, being Filipino, a child of a Filipino immigrant versus like mm-hmm. you and Cuba. It's just it, like you said, it's so much fun to compare the different ways that people have sim- same and different experiences. But so we're trying to learn how to play mahjong now, so we can play with all fun. the Filipino aunties. So I'll learn mahjong. You teach me dominoes. We'll switch. You know, we'll switch. It's just it's so. It's so important, you guys. And I really just urge people, like I said a hundred times, it was an effort on my end because yeah, even even growing up in Miami, like I so took it for granted because there's Latins everywhere around you or of course. Cubans yeah. everywhere around you. But that is such like a specific type of environment that maybe wasn't like the mo- the best like for me when I was in my early 20s. Do you know what I mean? Right. So that's when right. I was like living in New York and I started finding like whatever it was, like I adapt because like every culture, there's it's multifaceted and there are parts of it that are amazing and there are parts of it that are not. And as you grow, you will figure out what feels right for you. But like it is, it is like a constant thing. But it's like even like at my birthday, like you'll when even just the fact that Teffy was there, the mm-hmm. way that I speak changes. <laughs> like a different yeah. side of me yeah. is exposed. And it makes me feel if I'm not around that for a minute, like I don't feel like myself. Totally. But then that's why I like listen to the music and cook the food and watch the shows and do the things because like I can't just read the on books, other people. Yeah. yeah. You've done such a such a good job of always trying to keep every version of your authentic self around you. Yeah. It's also been always a funny joke in my family because like my sister speaks so much more Spanish than me, but I'm like <laughs> so much more Cuban than she is. It's funny. That's funny. It's a funny That's like funny. little dynamic. Anyway. Okay. Uh, for Meadow from the same person. How do you trust the universe when tragedies happen in your life? Some, someone you love getting sick, death, et cetera, for Meadow in particular sense of your, your experiences. Um, this is another great example of where I think traditional psychotherapy is really lacking spirituality that could help people out a lot because I just have a fundamental belief that we live in a benevolent universe that's helping me to be my best self. And that belief just carries me through fucking everything. Mm -hmm. So kind of the same way we, it's hard to just categorize everything as good because these experiences are so hard and could be some of the heaviest things we go through. I, I fundamentally believe for myself without a shadow of a doubt that I'm getting lessons from these experiences that are so important to make me who I'm meant to be. And I just like, I talk about that a lot with friends. I talk about Mm -hmm. it in therapy. Again, like you use these beliefs to help motivate you to engage in all the tools that we're always discussing. But I think really, really holding on to that belief is like what gets me through it, which is kind of a, it's hard to say, you know, a belief. Because if you don't have that belief, I think developing one mm-hmm. that works for you in a similar capacity. But I just, I, I've always found that to be true for myself, even throughout the hardest things I've experienced, like losing half my fucking family members, you know, and I still really monumentally believe it to be true. Yeah. In the same vein as how annoying it is to say that there's a lesson in everything. I've always felt that way similarly. Like when I went, when we lost my grandma, when I was like in the fifth grade, it was so tragic and so sudden. Even then, I remember begging whatever it was that I believed in being like, I know that there is a reason that this happened. What is it? And finding, maybe it's not the best thing to like say to someone in the moment, but 
I was saying it to myself that young. And I remember my cousins and I talk about it, like that time after my cousins were living in Puerto Rico and they like moved in with us at my mom's house. And we got a really special time together that we would have not had, had that not Mm -hmm. happened. So like, Mm -hmm. yes, it was fucked up what happened to my grandma and we got a really amazing time together. So I really just double down on what you said. And also for people who are like, it's delusional to believe in something greater than yourself. What makes you so uncomfortable with having a little bit of that delusion in the beginning? Like maybe poke around with that and have, if you want to call it delusion, because I guarantee you that if you start living your life in a trusting manner in that way and and learning to be in this dance with the universe or whatever higher power it is that you believe in, you're going to start seeing things that are just going to be difficult for you to be like, well, that's a coincidence. Like it's going to prove itself to you. You know what I mean? Eventually it will. Totally. It's really sad that organized religion is so fucked up that now any semblance of faith or like belief is just categorized as delusion. Because there's honesty in that. Obviously everything else, like the capitalism of it, like every, you know, the the fear mongering, the controlling, Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of shit in organized religion that's built to hate other people and get your money and do like whatever, like all that shit is so fucked. But the belief system and the faith system, like to just wash that away as delusional is really sad to me. I also just want to co-sign what you said, because when my dad passed away and my brother was, you know, receiving mental health care out of the state. So it was a time that only my mom and I lived together right before Mm -hmm. for one year before I left for college. And prior to that, my mom and I were hating each other, like Mm. just we're not getting along. We were friends when I was little and then throughout high school and all the trauma of everything that was happening with my family, just like fucking never saw eye to eye. When my dad had his accident, I wasn't there because we were, I was fighting with my mom. Mm -hmm. So I was somewhere like, it was just bad, bad, bad. That year gave us the year to come back together before I left forever. And I, I think that year is why we continue to have such a good relationship to this day. And we continue working on it and moving forward and it only gets better and better. But that year gave us fucking everything together and helped us heal. So I I love that you brought up that example because I had such a similar one. Having those reframes, honestly, in the darkest times can be the thing that keeps you going. <laughs> like seriously, seriously. As harsh as they may seem to make those reframes, like they work. Yeah. Sometimes. And I like what you said too briefly, like this is maybe not the most helpful thing to say to someone going through something as hard as grief right away. Like I wouldn't be like, you know, it happens for a reason. Like right. that's something that each person gets to come to for themselves and they get to decide what that looks like. It's not a helpful thing to say to someone. Mm-hmm. If you are a friend of someone that's grieving, Again, I've said it before and I'll say again, the absolute best fucking thing you can do is not ask them how you can help is to show up and drop off food. Yeah. Ask them what their, ask them what their preferences are, their dietary restrictions or preferences. Don't say anything else. Show up, drop it off and get the fuck out. Like show up, do a load of laundry and get the fuck out. Like do something helpful and don't ask what it can be. Cause if you're, I mean, I don't want to be rude, but I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. If someone, if you think someone that's going through grief is going to say, Hey, by the way, can you come help me do laundry? get over yourself. Like if you don't want to actually help someone, then ask the question. If you want to actually help someone show up and just take something on. Per. Okay. Um, One more. Maybe. Yeah. One more. We'll save the rest for the next go around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is it okay to keep seeing someone who I'm not obsessed with and I don't see a future with? (laughs) You're talking to the right girl. Fuck yeah. If you're not, if you're not looking for that, then fuck yeah. Like, what do you mean? Guys. Guys, 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 10 out of 10, what Meadow just said. Like, also the way that I said that, 
I do not mean that about my current partnership. <laughs> the way that I said that, I'm like, you're talking about right, <laughs> oh, I, girl. I didn't take it that way. No, no, she, no, 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 no. She's been there, done that kind of way. And you yeah, know yeah, what? Yeah. It sure was fun. I just yeah. think, though, if you are going to do that, don't build up a love story in like a false way to the other person. If maybe they do see a future with you, I think that's when it gets mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, totally, don't do totally. that. But if everybody's kind of like on the same page, and I don't mean this by saying like every relationship date thing that you be on, you're like, so we're not going to actually date. Like, let's just fuck right. or like whatever. Right. It, you know, sometimes we don't need that level of communication. But I think that like if if you are having a good time and they're having a good time and everybody's kind of like, Again, on the same page in the sense of like, even if you're in a full ass blown re- like relationship, like that's fine as long as you're not telling them every single day I want to marry you, right? Because like that's when it gets mean. But you guys are just like having a good time and ex- and like enjoying the experience. Like, dude, it is what it is. Do you know who also has a really helpful thought on this? Our hmm. fucking girl Maddie, because in the realm of moving in with people Mm. if you're renting not buying Mm -hmm. if you're Mm -hmm. renting she said it to me one time because I was like yeah I don't know if I want to move blah blah blah. and she's like bro if you're at a point where you feel like you want to move in with someone and they're on the same page and you guys can financially handle the responsibility and you've talked about all of the like you know things that you should talk about before you move in with your partner fucking do it at the end of the day the lease is gonna end if you guys break up, like you leave, like, okay, sick. Like maybe account for like an extra cushion in your savings account for like, <laughs> if we break up so you can move, but fuck, like mm-hmm. sometimes it just is mm-hmm. not that deep. It reminds me of what Teffy was saying in the lying to your therapist. Like if you're not ready mm-hmm. to touch that wound, that's why you're in therapy. Like you're working up the skills and and working through shit to get to other places. Like Mm -hmm. in that same way, if you're not in a place where you're trying to get married right now and like, that's not what you're looking for, then who's to say you're not able to enjoy what you're experiencing? Like it's all- Doesn't mean you don't deserve a relationship. It doesn't mean you don't, exactly. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you don't deserve fun and don't deserve a relationship. It just, again, as Gabby said, like make sure there's a healthy level of communication about intention without, you know, beating a dead horse or mm-hmm. setting someone up for unrealistic expectations. Other than that, fucking have fun. Yeah. That's a cute place to have fun. That is a cute place to end. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you as always for sending the best questions and for trusting yeah. us to answer them. And we have more. So of course, you know, we'll do more and more. This is our first Q&A of the back from the hiatus. Yes. <laughs> thigh slap, thigh drum. Literally. Okay. <laughs> Ciao for now. Thanks for listening. Love um, you. Meadow, what, what do they do? What do they need to do? Rate and review. Ring the bell on YouTube. You guys, we have YouTube episodes and we're cute. We put on makeup to say hello to you today. So yeah, give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to us. We also are vlogging. We each have our own personal YouTube channels where we're really cute and fun. And if you want to see vlogs together, those are on Patreon. Patreon is the new group chat, baby. Mm-hmm. We got fun stuff over there too. Can oh, I there's just a new say, moon tomorrow. I got to do those tomorrow. Can you, you do just say really everything? Yes. quick? There is a TikTok yes. personal chef that I follow and I can't remember her fucking name, but she's wonderful. And she just came out with a newsletter and her branding is adorable. And do you know what it's called? The group chat. Shut up. I know. I was like, she beat us to it.
I mean, we, I mean, she didn't beat us to it because we did it first, but it's not like we had the idea and no one else did. No, we I all know. know how inspiration and ideas work. They all fucking flow to everybody. Yeah, I know. All right. Ciao. Love you. Bye. How's it going, y'all? It's Aaron. Don't let your Monday suck. Don't have those Sunday scaries. I'm tired of everybody waking up in the week saying, ah, shit, it's Monday. You know what goes down? TMV releases every week on Mondays. Make sure you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching YouTube, yes, TMV has a YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and ring that noti bell and never miss a thing. And also, join the TMV familia by joining the Thoughts May Vary Patreon and by following at Thoughts May Vary Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you for listening. Great. There you go. Thanks, baby. Gotcha.